Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bearer of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. All right. Hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh, and welcome to the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. Hey, I can't see any chats. Uh, Restream is down, so we had a resort to StreamYard. Uh, and you can tell I'm in a, an empty hotel room uh, or empty apartment room. <laughs> so uh, Restream is down for some reason, so we had to resort to this because the show must go on. So we're in StreamYard tonight. I have, uh, I'm not very good at using it. I only have one monitor, so it's really hard to share uh, my windows, but we're going to do the best that we can. I want to, I mean, I'm chatting with a whole group of you that are watching. So, uh, um, how is my audio? But if you're, if you're new to joining us, this isn't usually how the broadcast goes. Usually we're a little bit more professional than this. Um, I usually, I, I tried to do the, the backdrop and the virtual backdrop. It didn't work, but anyways, um, I hope all of you guys are doing well tonight. I'm doing pretty well. You know, let me, let me try this. Let me try to add this in there before when I was doing it, the virtual background, there it is. Before when I was doing the virtual background, oh, there it is. It started storming. Okay, I'm going to get rid of it. Okay, I'll get rid of that virtual background. That's not going to work. That definitely is not going to go. We're, we're just going to go back to none. It's just the easiest. Okay, you guys can hear me. Great. I'm getting good feedback. I can't see comments, so I apologize. But if you're new here, this is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. We're live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m., um, Eastern Standard Time, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Tonight, we were just a little bit delayed because of Restream having some massive problems. Um, and everybody's writing me back in my in my group chat that everything is looking good. That uh, Thank you. I appreciate that. And what is, is this? Is this our, this is our 450th episode. Wow. We actually had about, we've done about 455. This is our 450th episode. No Vince tonight, I, obviously, because I can only, I have no idea how this works. Uh, figuring out um, StreamYard. So thank you to the StreamYard team. I got set up in less than, I would say, 15 minutes. Um, I had to put all the RTMP feeds over. So we're, we're live on the majority of our channels that we're currently live on. So we should be on Facebook, Cloud Hub, Roku right now. Uh, we are on, uh, should be on Facebook, we should be on Rumble, Twitter, and uh, our redpills.tv. Um, if I miss any of you guys, I'm sorry, but cool. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, it's unfortunate sometimes that we have uh, these little technical glitches, and it happens. And I, I don't know, I, I started about a half an hour before to get ready, and I couldn't get anything to work. And come to find out, it wasn't my problem, it was Restream, who's having intermittent latency problems. And so I couldn't connect to their servers. And I'm like, oh, my God, is it my internet? Obviously, it's not my internet. I got pretty decent internet here. And sorry for the bed in the background that's all against the closet wall and the towel. And, yeah, I'm sorry. I try to make it as nice as possible. I don't have any flag or anything like that I can put up. But you know what? The show must go on. And that's what we're here to do today. And so we have a very interesting news circuit going on. And, and if you don't mind, if you guys can hear me from here, if this is good, I'm, I'm getting feedback from everybody else. I'm just going to lean back. I don't typically get to do this. I don't get to lean back and kind of just relax during a show. But let's do it. Let's have a good time. I can uh, move the mouse right here like this. I can go through my stories. If you guys can still hear me while I'm leaning back. I know, I know. I got those wide shoulders. But anyways, listen, there's a lot of shit happening in the world. And, and this is kind of what I wanted to talk to you guys about today. Um, I, I'm going to go back to things that we talked about months ago, years ago. And I'm going to lay the groundwork for what we're seeing right now. 
uh, because I think that that is a good kind of introduction uh, for anybody who's near here, new here to the Red Pill Project. Good. Thank you, guys. Anybody who's new to the Red Pill Project or anything like that. But there's something that I've talked about called the Global Firestorm Event. And I, I know people are like, oh, here we go. Dude, it's happening right now. It, 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 we are in the process right now of this global firestorm event. We are in the process of shit that we were talking about in November of 2020 happening right now. So let's jump back to November 2020 and let's discuss. Because, I mean, this is the 450th episode. So let's be a little happy about this, right? Okay. So November 2020, Trump lost the election because it was stolen from him. They cheated. They, 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 they rigged the election. We all know this. Okay. Um, he didn't lose the election. He, he won the election through overwhelming majority, but he lost the election. Um, during that time, right before that, if you remember about, uh, mid October, 2020, there was rumor that Donald Trump was going to create a social media platform. And during this whole time, we're waiting on the cue boards and stuff like this for D class. And we're, we're thought this was all going to come out, but it never did. And see, I think there's reasons for that, that it never did. One of these primary reasons was it wasn't meant for the 2020 election because you can't tell the people, you have to show the people. And the only way to show the people, to get the masses to wake up is to take them through this awakening process that is happening right now. Now, I understand people are dying. I understand people are losing their lives and their careers and their jobs and their families. I understand all that. But, you know, that's the hard point of life. We're talking about saving humanity. We're talking about saving America. We're not talking about, you know, going out there and and holding hands and singing Kumbaya. We're, we're talking about a war that is being waged on this planet right now between, between and I'm not going to put the left and right label on this, between elitist, globalist, evil son of a bitches, occultist, dark magicians, whatever you want to call them. And then good people who just want to live a normal life, who want to live in peace and freedom and sovereignty, who want to live together, who don't care about these divisive tactics that are utilized against us by politicians, people who just want a government that works for them and works in the best interest of them, right? That, that's what is going on right now. And so in, in, in October, Trump announced this. We thought that this was when D-Glass is going to happen. Well, I kind of, after the November 8th election, I realized kind of what was going on. And Jason, my brother Jason, who was my co-host, he came out and said, I got a prediction. I said, what's this prediction? He goes, Trump's going to be the first arrest. And if you remember going back to the cue boards, the first arrest will, uh, the first indictment, the first indictment to unseal, the first arrest will, um, marker one, all this stuff will begin. And what we've seen recently within the cue boards is all this stuff is kind of coordinating two or four years down the road. It's happening right now. And so we made this prediction that Trump will be the first arrest. Now, I don't think that this is going to happen before the November midterm election. The reason I say that is because there's an actually a law on the books that that's election interference. So they can't do that. They would have to do it after. But bear with me here. I'm going to try to get through this and we're going to try to go through this and then we're going to hit some news here in a few minutes. So around the same time that Jay started doing this, I started looking at everything that was happening. I started looking at the narrative of how it was unfolding. And I came up with something called a global firestorm event. If you've ever heard of a fire sale or any of these things, if you remember the movie Die Hard 4, Die Hard, Die Harder, in that movie, they talked about taking out a small city or a country and how they do that with these types of firestorm events. 
And the way that you do it is it's very similar to a color revolution. You stir, you stir social unrest, uh, social destabilization, cultural destabilization. Um, and, and this is exactly what we're having right now in the United States of America. We have social and cultural destabilization. If you don't believe me, go to your local schools, go start looking at the criteria that they are teaching your children in from elementary to high school, all the way up into college. This is cultural destabilization. It is basically hinging to two various groups of opposing points against each other and basically fueling the fire and igniting it through propaganda drive, through social media, through Hollywood, through politics, or, or whatever it might be. Then the other aspect of this, and we saw this in the 2020 election, is that you had these George Soros attorney generals coming into play, as well as George Soros funded state um, representatives coming into play. And, and these people would go out there and what they were doing before this, the ones that won in the 2018 election, is they were they were lax on crime. They were very, very um, free or liberal in the sense of how criminals should be treated. And so after this fact, we started seeing this basically formulate into social destabilization. We saw these mostly during the George Floyd riots and what really happened and transpired after that, especially with things like BLM um, and Antifa. Now, what does this mean? It means that the attorney general so forth since uh, the, the 2020 election have basically released violent criminals and predators from jail. They've uh, decided not to charge even some of the toughest criminals in the world, violent criminals. Um, Illinois, California, New York State are all changing their laws to where if you're, uh, you know, you perform second degree murder or if you, uh, you know, have involuntary vehicular manslaughter or, or rape or any of these types of things that you don't even spend a day in jail. It's just a $50,000 bond and you get to go home until your court date. And, and that's coming from these types of people. And what that's doing as well, on top of this, is that's keeping violent and, and bad criminals out of jail. On the second hand, is you have the governors and the state representatives reducing the police budget and then reducing the police force and training. So they're more culturally woke um, training other than the various different training that you need to actually enforce the law. And what this does is this overwhelms the cultural, sorry, the social system within local towns, rural communities and cities when you have an overabundance of crime flow into those areas and not enough police to manage it. And this begins a social destabilization. So we, we've been talking about this for many years here on how this is going to happen. And now we're actually seeing it happen. I think there's a live shooter, or, uh, an active shooter situation right now in North Carolina. Um, and one police officer's dead and many others. So uh, we've been talking about this for a while. Oh, and on top of that, when do, what usually happens when things are about to drop about them? What do we have? Active shooter situation. We have crime. But it's, it's all happening. So I, I'm telling you is I believe some level of D-class is about to happen. Okay. Go back to the global firestorm event. The next part of the global firestorm event is um, supply chain disruption or collapse. Need I see more? Say more. Um, after COVID, we had an overabundance of supply chain delivered to our countries. And we've basically been feeding off of this for a very, very long time. So if you imagine you have like a decrease in the supply chain, then you have a massive overabundance, and then you have this decreased dip again. And we're moving towards that decreased dip. And the reason this happened is because of some severe extreme weather events, which I just say are uh, weather manipulation. And then also you have this other aspect of 
um, policy, of regulation, of export, of, uh, of war, of political war, economic war that's occurring. And so we've had a decimated supply chain over the last two years. Now you add inflation into that that equation. People aren't spending enough, right? People aren't spending any more money. Interest rates are going up, these types of things. And you start seeing that collapse of the supply chain because there's in the back of the house in the Federal Reserve or the interbanking structure, we have something called overnight liquidity markets. And this is really where the interest rates really come in the hand. Uh, the, the interest rates that the Fed's put out there are really attributed to this overnight liquidity market, which this is basically money that is loaned by large financial institutions to these big businesses. So they can go out and make these large purchases for raw materials and ship them around the world to basically produce goods and services. Um, and that interest rate is so high right now that it's incredibly difficult to borrow money. So there's what we call a liquidity crisis is that these businesses and corporations don't have the overnight liquidity in that market to go out there and get the raw materials to start purchasing goods. So there's an economic factor into the supply chain crunch as well. Okay. So and this is a very, very complex scenario that is unfolding here. And so the supply chain about to collapse. The next was a tax on infrastructure. Um, I don't know what's going on restream, but internet is an infrastructure. Energy is infrastructure. Um, to give you an idea, over the last three years, actually just in the last 12 months, we've seen 138 food processing, manufacturing, and distribution facilities have various different types of fires, which have delayed their production, their output, or even put them out of business fully. We've had 32 oil refineries or um, fuel refinement or distribution centers for energy infrastructure um, catch on fire or have explosions around the world. These are attacks on infrastructure. Now, if you go back to um, the, the summer of 2021, okay, there was an exercise out there from the World Economic Forum pertaining to um, cyber security called Cyber Poly Polygon. And the Cyber Polygon exercise was attributed to about eight different countries and exercises of cyber attacks on infrastructure. And we said, just like event 201 that brought about COVID that this cyber polygon was going to be this cyber attack on infrastructure throughout the world of westernized nations. And this is exactly what we're seeing, but nobody's saying what it actually is. Sean Hannity actually did a piece on this, talking about those fires and those food processing manufacturing plants uh, with the cyber actor. And the cyber actor was like, no, that can't happen. Absolutely, it can happen. I worked in cybersecurity for many years. Absolutely, it can happen. And it is happening. If we watch this trend line, this is exactly how cyber hackers attack these various systems. Is they'll go in and they'll find a flaw within a mechanical system that is monitored by uh, some type of uh, computer system that's networked. And what they'll do is they'll slowly increase pressure, you know, minipascules. Um, and then all of a sudden you'll get an overabundance or a certain weather condition of which that pressure was supposed to be brought down that won't match up and you'll have an explosion or something like that. Or you'll have a, um, you know, something that uh, has excess electricity, uh, you know, excess amps pumped into it or something like that. There's various types of things that they can do. Okay. So we understand that there's tax on infrastructure, supply chain, and then we have social and cultural destabilization. The other part of this is political destabilization. One of the best ways to go into a country and collapse it is to destabilize its political infrastructure. And that comes about through producing massive division within that political infrastructure, basically label them white and black, 
red and green, whatever you want, and pinning them against each other in some sort of far radicalized left or right motif. And I don't need to say enough that we, we're already seeing this in the United States of America right now, that this is exactly what we have in the United States of America right now on the political spectrum. Uh, people are saying, what do you mean that the right are radical? Dude, the right are just as radical as the left are radical. I mean, I, listen, we all can agree that we got people on both sides that are fairly radical. And the reason this is happening is because of social engineering. Um, it doesn't mean that we're radical. No, I think that all of us and the people that I talk to, I think that we're right in the middle is that we all understand politically what we want for our country. We all understand that this is about freedom and preservation of the United States Constitution and preservation of our national sovereignty and, and our rights and our liberties, right? That's what this is about. But you got some people that want war on both sides and you got some people that want to change government on the other side, right? And so this has been radicalized and it has been radicalized through a process known as social engineering. And so this drives this social or this political destabilization that we're seeing in the United States of America. And the reason they do this is, or these, these, the, our enemy, if you want to call them that, does this is because they want to change the political landscape and structure. So we have something out there in the world from the World Economic Forum known as the Great Reset. This um, is an equivalent match to the, the United Nations uh, Agenda for Sustainable, um, uh, man, I forgot, uh, their Agenda for Sustainable Development, known as Agenda 2030. Now, Agenda 2030 has a long history. It actually started as something known as Agenda 21, which came out of the Kyoto Treaty in 1992. With this, they reformulated the whole food system under a process known as Codex Alimentarius, to where they codexed the whole food system and basically introduced GMOs and the various different crop or the different types of pesticides would be used and, and basically controlling the food supply over the global community and how it all regulations and policies would be administrated into that food system. And that's probably one of the biggest parts of this. The other aspect after Agenda 21 was Agenda 2030. And this came about with uh, the, the introduction with Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, removing humanity from the workforce, giving them a global basic income, um, having them do mundane tasks and just be slaves to society while they own nothing, and then having the globalist elitists, you know, develop AI and autom autonomous systems that basically run the world and provide the what's left of humanity after a mass massive pandemic, uh, whatever they, they need. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Long story. We should do a whole show on the fourth. The book is actually an interesting book to read if you never read Klaus Schwab's Fourth Industrial Revolution. Anyways, moving on. Agenda 2030. And, and so a lot of the stuff that we're seeing right now is deriving from regulation policy, public-private partnerships coming about through the World Economic Forum and their influence throughout the world and their infiltration in the various governments. Um, their policies are more aligned with what we can call ESG, environmental social governance. Under the social aspect, you have something known as DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. You guys have all heard this. This is the, the social destabilization that's occurring within our cultural and in, in, uh, school system, our social and cultural systems, especially academia. Um, ESG, environmental social governance. Environmental is climate change. Social is social engineering and governance is communism, if you want to look at it like that. Uh, one of the pinpoints they talk about in DEI is equality or equity over equality. Now, that's a problem to me because equity derives from outcome where equality derives from opportunity. I'd much rather have equality where we all have opportunity than equity
equity where we all have the same outcome. Now, when they pertain to that, they're only talking about us and not them. They're not going to go out and live in some apartment that they don't own. They're not going to ride in a car that they don't own. They're not going to go out and pull uh, you know, their government basic income or their global basic income um, out of their bank accounts because they're not going to give up their wealth. They're not going to give up their mansions. They're not going to give up their jets. They're not going to give up their yachts. Um, and we're going to live in their world controlled by them, dictated by them. And they're going to basically become the oligarchs in control of a techno-fascist, communist-socialist state. Um, so that's where they're headed with the Agenda 2030. Um, we're trying to stop them. That's what this is all about. And so that derives with this political destabilization aspect of where they came in. And basically, you have think tanks or you have these third parties directing policy and regulation within government globally. And this is absolutely happening globally. Um, in the United States, it's getting pretty heated. It's getting pretty bad. We're seeing this at a large level. Um, next on the scale is we talked about global economic collapse. Now, this is kind of like the foundational part of all of this. The global financial collapse is kind of the, 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 the flex point where all of this comes together. Now, we heard about the Great Reset, and this is talking about a financial reset globally, to where this global financial reset brings about this processes, this change within this political, within this governmental perspective, where nation states begin to fall and crumble and collapse, collapse, and then what you have is you have this development of a world government or a one world government. And so the economic aspect of this is paramount. Now, Donald Trump, if you remember, we had what was known as a V-shaped recovery in 2020 after the pandemic collapse. And Donald Trump brought the economy back to its uh, uh, back alive to its highest points. And then Joe Biden has systematically declined it since that point. Now, in understanding the economic part of it, um, we're going to go over some news. Well, I'm just, I, I can't share my screen, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, let me bring up some news here. Um, worst administration in history. How about this? Real wages under Biden have declined for a record 18 months. This means that U.S. incomes have been below inflation since the start of 2021. Hmm. Worst administration in history. How about this one? Bank of England issues collapse warning. You have three days to sell. Uh, more evidence has emerged this week that the West financial system is teetering on the brink of collapse as Europeans worry that they won't have enough affordable energy to heat their homes this win winter. During a speech in Washington, D.C., Bank of England Governor Andrew Bally first warned that market volatility went beyond bank stress tests, which is a frightening in, in and of itself. Before it reinforced that there is a serious risk to the U.K. financial system stability, adding that the program that bail pension funds is temporary. However, Bally then dropped a bombshell. He says, my message to the funds involved and all the firms is you've got three days left now. you got to get this done. The essence of financial stability is that intervention is temporary. It is not prolonged. He said in a chilling warning that sent shock, shockwaves to the financial sectors around the world. I'm afraid this has to be done for the sake of the financial stability. Now, this is interesting. So a few things that we've talked about here is Japan. Japan is on the verge of collapse. Nobody's traded within the Japanese bond market in four freaking days. England, Europe, the EU is on the brink of financial and economic collapse. They have no, they have a depleted supply chain over only about 40% of annual production of crops. And this came about through ESG regulation changes to farmers, which they've been protesting for months because of this. 
Okay, they're blaming it all on the war in Ukraine, but that has nothing to fucking do with what's actually happening in Europe. You're having this energy crisis because of policies being implemented by the EU, uh, EU and because of this skirmish in, in Russia and Ukraine. But that's not really causing it. They're just utilizing that as an excuse to exasperate it. And so you have a very precarious situation developing there in the EU, and the EU probably is on the verge of collapse. Now, that's kind of ironic because the European Union is the form, for, first formulation of a world government. <laughs> if you remember the 1990s, it was the, uh, you had the North American uh, um, uh, Trade Union, right? And then you had the European Union, you had an African Union, the Asian Union, and the European Union was the only one formed because America said piss off. And uh, now they're on the verge of collapse and they're going to try to do it all over again. They're going to try to spark their new world order all over again after this big collapse that we're seeing coming here. So a financial collapse is absolutely on the brink and coming very, very soon. And if I could share my screen with you guys, I would. But I, I, I tried earlier and it just didn't work. Um, but I'll just go through these uh, through these and comment on them kind of like usual. I apologize. Maybe, maybe hold on. Is there a way to... Let me see. Um, new layout, shift S. Let me see. Let me see if I can get this up here. Shift S. Um, let me see if I can pull it up. Brave tab. Um, okay, hold on. I might be able to do this. Hold on. I got a lot of tabs open. Um, Fox News, not what I wanted. Putin, Crimea, oh, it might be on the bottom. Is it going backwards? Oh my goodness. I got, there's so many tabs over here. Um, <laughs> give me a second. Let's do that one. That, that that really didn't work very well. <laughs> nope, not the wrong tabs. Okay, sorry, it's not going to work. So if I actually put it on this window, it just repeats endlessly. So if I go in here like this and I go to share screen, share screen, and I do that guy and I bring it up here. Well, actually, maybe not. I don't know. I, 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 I'm not good with stream art. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just going to keep on going. I wish I could help. Um, okay, so we don't need to talk about India. Top bank strategists. It's no longer science fiction to say we need a systematic reset. Michael Avery of, uh, of uh, Roboto Bank. Today, I combined the Bank of England, KISS, and Star Trek because we have so much inflation. It takes two analogies to do the job of one. It sums up the level of dignity the British central bank now holds. The crossover sums up the confusion of the central banks and the governments they all face. Um, and he goes on with this uh, this big analogy here. And, and I'm not going to read through all of this, but basically what he's talking about is he's talking about the situation that has arose globally. And that even if we, let, let's say Trump came back tomorrow and we tried to basically resolve this problem globally, there's no way to do that. And that basically they brought us to that brink, to that tipping point, 
where there is no other solution but a global reset. And I hope everybody understands what I'm saying with that, is that there is no other solution but a global reset. Now, that's interesting. The question is, is what are we going to get? You know, some people are out there still talking about Nassara Jassara. Some people are out there talking about a... Uh, a quantum financial system with a gold and, and precious metal backing. Um, some people are talking about how we're going to have the centralized CBDCs, right? Central bank digital currencies with a centralized blockchain that might be backed on gold and silver or um, with an SDF type of uh, a functionality where you're going to have a bucket of various different assets will hold the value of that currency. Um, doesn't matter which one we get. They're all going to be partly controlled by these globalists if they stay in control. And I think that's the key we all understand is that we need to rid this world of the elitists, of the globalists, of the evil motherfuckers in this world who are taking down the system and trying to hijack the the, the world. <laughs> and so it, it, any system that we implement, they're just going to hijack as long as they're still around. And I think that's the important part to remember with this. Now, here's what we're starting to see right now. Kanye... Um, uh, what is it, y, YJ or whatever his name is now, but Kanye, um, he has been canceled by, what was it, Chase Bank or Bank of America? Or J.P. Morgan Chase has canceled Kanye. Well, guess what? Bank of America has now canceled pop, popular conservative Twitter user Cat Turd's bank account, accounts. Yeah, Cat Turd just got canxed from Bank of America. Kanye got canxed from J.P. Morgan. What is this telling you? Guess who's next? Guess who they're coming after next? This is how they're going to do it. This, this is why it's imperative that we guys told you, and I know there's no scrollers, we have no advertisements run for you today. Dude, you guys need to get a hold of Dr. Kirk Elliott. Seriously, getgoldtoday.com. If my mods can put those in the chats, getgoldtoday.com. Kirk Elliott, you can give him a call, 720-605-3900. Because think about this. If they do what they did in Canada, the, the truckers, you go out and protest and all of a sudden your bank accounts are shut out, what are you going to do? You're going to have to take a gold bar down to the pawn shop, get fair market value for it to get cash. Or if they start doing this to everybody, then we need a barter and trade system, but you need something of value, some commodable item to go into that market. And this is where gold and silver comes in, and this is why it's so critical. Or you can use cryptocurrency, which is anonymous, but it has been hit really hard because it tried to enter the actual global financial system. It got fucking killed. But that's okay. It's going to come back. I, I guarantee you crypto will come back with uh, massive, massive uh, vigor, okay? But understand that they're, they're targeting Kanye because he comes out in support of Trump. They're, they're, they're targeting uh, cat turd PayPal just put. So and by the way, you need this. You need to understand this. OK, this is not coincidence that on September 28th, PayPal came out and made that change to their policy, basically saying we're going to fine our users twenty five hundred dollars for their social media posts or their business posts. They're not talking about on, on PayPal. This has nothing to do with PayPal. PayPal is saying, if, if you link to a PayPal account, we are watching your data, we're watching your social media, we're watching what you're posting out there in the world privately. We're, if you're a business, we're watching it. If you post something we don't like, we're gonna find you $2,500. 
They eventually turn that over. But right after that, J.P. Morgan goes after Kanye and then uh, Bank of America goes after Cat Turd. Oh, they're coming for us. You better damn well be sure that they're coming for us. And the first place they'll hit you is your money, is your pocketbook, is your wallet. Understand that. Okay. So now that we know that, and this is all part of that global financial uh, reset and that firestorm event that we've been talking about. Okay, let's go on to the news. That was Cat Turd. Uh, th this actually has to do with a lot of the social destabilization that we talked about. New memo in the Seattle Police Department. If a driver is drunk in a stolen car and they drive away, let them go. This is what we're talking about with these George Soros appointed attorney generals. A Seattle police captain has drafted a new policy that will require officers to allow drivers suspected of DUI to flee the scene even if the vehicle is stolen. But there's more. If the DUI suspect is sleeping in said vehicle and is simply refusing to comply, the officers on the scene are expected to leave and fill out an incident report. The draft was acquired by local conservative radio show host and journalist Jason Rance and Jason Rance show of KTTH, who spoke to officials from the Seattle Police Department on some of the conditions of anonymity. The new draft he sent uh, has sent waves across the department and to no one's surprise, a mass sense of confusion amongst the officers. Um, in Rance's column on MyNorthwest.com, he stated, in an October 1st email, Grossman sent out the draft to his officers, according to the source. It's unclear why the captain released the draft or why he wrote it in the first place. While the Seattle Police Department has not adopted this as an official policy, one source explained officers were verbally instructed to follow it in at least one precinct, and it's spreading unabated. Social destabilization. How do you do it? You allow criminals to be criminals. You allow criminals to increase their criminality. When, when criminals realize that they're not going to get caught, they're not going to get arrested, they're going to continue to do it. Think about what's happening in these liberal cities, L.A., San Francisco, New York City, with these kids overrunning 7-Elevens or malls and just stealing everything in sight or beating people, these, these gang beatings that are happening. These are This is lawlessness that is happening in our country because police refuse to do something because of policy. And the policy is being derived from radical left uh, policymakers who want to see this social destabilization. All right, moving on. I think the the Biden regime paid screenwriters, comedians to mock the unvaccinated. Uh, the Judicial Watch lawsuit against the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services is uncovering a massive government-funded propaganda campaign aimed at brainwashing the American public into getting vaccinated uh, for COVID-19. The Biden regime, as we know, has been using your tax dollars to pay off comedians, screenwriters, social media influencers, and even church leaders to recruit more bodies for the mass injection experiment. The media, entertainment, and religious industry are also helped, exploited by Biden and his cronies to mock and ridicule the unvaccinated. We know now those who refuse to get injected are shamed and treated as second-class citizens. The case has revealed. The Judicial Watch press release entitled Judicial Watch Uncovers Biden Administration Propaganda to Push COVID-19 Vaccine explains the group has already received some 249 pages of records from the HHS Health and Human Services outlining extensive plans for using the media and religion to push COVID shots. Um, the Biden regime approached Tom Brady to create a video with parents encourage, encouraging COVID vaccination. All entertainment, talent, and management agencies were instructed to receive a vaccine engagement package from Biden outlining strategies for promoting the jabs and mocking anyone who rejects them. 
Such messaging is to be inserted in the shows, movies, media reports, religious sermons, and other materials. An outline of bullet points from HHS explains major cultural event producers were also targeted by the regime for pro-jab messaging. This is, this is the Ministry of Truth. George Orwell, 1984. That's what this is. If you go back to the Disinformation Governance Board that was formed, that was colluding with big tech against conservatives, not, not liberals. Facebook was going in and doing keyword searches within your private messages of only conservatives and sending that directly to the White House and the FBI. Not, not anybody else, not Antifa members, not, not radicalized political sects. No, 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 just conservatives. The Disinformation Governor Board, uh, Disinformation Governance Board, meant to make this legal and funded. The Department of Homeland Security has released multiple memos, and they're attacking you and me, conservatives, religious people, people who believe in Jesus. They're, they're attacking anybody who believes that the 2020 election was stolen. This is the world we're coming to. And I've always talked about the 10 stages of genocide, and we're at stage eight, right pre-genocide. This is where it's coming. They're labeling them people out. And so this isn't a surprise that the Biden administration did this. It's a surprise that none of the conservatives are speaking more about it and doing things about it and investigating it. Hopefully after the midterm elections, when they take at least the House, we're going to see some of that. Mark Ross, he's a GOP candidate. He has held an invasion suspect at gunpoint for over 30 minutes until police arrived. Um, he's a retired West Virginia high school teacher and current Republican candidate for the state's district. 28 House of Delegates proved why the Second Amendment is so critically important to defend and protect. According to WSAZ, Ross was alerted of alleged home invasion suspect targeting residents in the neighborhood where his daughter and grandchildren live. And that was enough to spur the GOP candidate into heroic action. He eventually located the alleged bad guy and held him at gunpoint while he waited for the West Virginia State Police to arrive. Um, yeah, the second amendment works, but you know, I'll, I'll repeat what I repeated last week. The second amendment isn't your right to self-defense. Your second amendment is your right to self-defense. It's your right, your right to right to revolt against your government. Absolutely is. It's exactly what it says. That's how it's always been interpreted. That is what the founding fathers meant by it. And it is a last resort after all avenues have failed. And we have so many more legal avenues to take, so many more legal perspectives to take before anything like that ever happens. But the Second Amendment, the sense of self-defense, absolutely. I'm in a state right now, I couldn't even bring my pistol. It's horrible. I can bring a rifle, but I can't bring my pistol. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> If anybody can tell me where, where that, uh, I don't know <laughs> where that's from. Oh, I might have a prize for you. Someone's going to have to send it to me, though. Um, and the first arrest is today's conversation. I know we were talking about the global firestorm event. Um, and we got on the political and then we start going to the news. Um, the first arrest. This is the interesting one. Um, and, and I'll finish up on the global firestorm event when we get further in the news, because we're going to hit on that here in a second. The last part is World War III. And I think we all realize that something is inevitable is coming. Um, and, and that's okay. understandable. It's okay. We're, we're prepared for that. You know, my Patriots apply that type of stuff, redpills.tv slash Patriot. But 
The first arrest is what we're going to talk about right now before we get into that part. And the January 6th committee has subpoenaed Donald Trump. The U.S. House January 6th committee um, used its first hearing in months on Thursday to subpoena former President Donald Trump to testify before it after failing to produce evidence trying him to the Capitol, tying him to the Capitol riot. Now, Trump has came out and said some things about this. He's actually been on a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, a tirade about this. He says, why didn't the unselect committee ask me to te testify months ago? Why did they wait until the very end, the final moments of the last meeting? Because the committee is a total bust and that they've only served to further divide our country, which by the way, is doing very badly. A laughing stock all over the world. And Donald Trump's right on this. Um, so there's a rule, there's a law out there that you cannot influence an election politically which means that if there was like a DOJ case against Donald Trump and he was running for president, they, they would have to, you know, do something before his announcement or something like that. Or you can't go out and arrest his brother or sister or mother or Hunter Biden or something like that. Um, and then what the January 6th committee is doing is exactly this. It's political interference. But since there's Republicans, neocons on it, they're considering it not. But it absolutely is. And I think that in, it, once this gets all said and done, it'll be shown to be political influence or political interference in the election. Uh, the Dushenko trial enters the third day after FBI intel analyst admits being censored in collusion probe. The German investigation is focused on the FBI conduct in the so-called uh, collusion probe. Uh, the third day for special counsel John Durham's trial, trial of Igor Dushenko begins Thursday, following two days of blistering testimony from FBI intelligence analyst Brian Auten, who on Wednesday acknowledged having been censored for failing to disclose information about the agency's so-called Russian collusion probe. Um, you are under investigation by the inspection division of the FBI. Isn't it true you got recommended for suspension? Durham asked Auten at the close of Wednesday's proceedings in a federal court in Virginia. Durham appointed in 2021 um, to looking into the FBI. Durham uh, Durham was appointed in 2017, but uh, FBI's conduct in the probe named Crossfire Hurricane by the agency was referring to an agency write-up by Auten, not disclosing all he knew about the surveillance application the FBI filed with various courts, including Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act Court. The suspension is under appeal. Auten responded. Deshenko, a Russian intelligence expert, faces five counts for allegedly lying to the FBI about his role in gathering information about the then-GOP presidential nominee Donald Trump during his 2016 White House bid as part of the federal investigation into alleged collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign. He was a primary subsource for the dossier compiled by the FBI's former British spy Christopher Steele that has since been discredited. Auten on Tuesday disclosed the FBI offered Steele as much as $1 million to corroborate information in the research dossier he compiled for the agency and to which Dushenko was a primary contributor. Auten also on Earth later suggested that the deals with source, particularly if the FBI wins the case, are not unusual. The charges against Dushenko essentially state that he lied concealed sources from the FBI, from the Bureau. Dushenko pleaded not guilty. Um, central to the case is conversation did or did not have with the Democrat operative Charles Dolan, Bel uh, Belarusian-born uh, businessman Sergey Milan, and Miliana associate Dmitry Zolderev. Uh, the first count focuses on whether he talked to Dolan about the dossier. I believe Dolan testified today that he they did lie, which is really interesting. But 
what we're seeing with the Igor Deshenko trial is we're seeing the narrative being set up. And this happened with the Sussman trial as well, is that John Durham is basically setting the narrative of what happened and then presenting the evidence slowly, even though that he's not getting arrested like with Sussman or not getting convictions with Sussman. I think he's definitely going to get a conviction with Deshenko. So what we're seeing here, though, is potentially the entering into evidence of the dossier and all related factors to it. This could be the FISA warrants that were issued for Carter Page, Paul Manafort, General Flynn, and all these other guys that were baseless within their standing because they were based on the Steele dossier itself. Now, the Steele dossier has since been um, rejected by the FBI and falsified. And this is what Igor Deshenko is on trial for. And so we could see more evidence come to light, including what we call the Crossfire Hurricane Binder. And this is what the are they are so scared about. This is why they raided Mar-a-Lago. This is why they're coming after President Trump. This is why they're subpoenaing Donald Trump right now at this time because the John Durham trial is going on and he's most likely going to start entering various types of evidence into this trial pertaining to Crossfire Hurricane, of which we know is various points of D-class. So we're going to keep you updated on that part because I find this incredibly interesting. Um, also, Deshenko didn't know that his report would end up in the Steele dossier. That's kind of interesting. Um, longtime Clinton associate Charles Dolan testified today that he lied about the claim he made was in the dossier. So Christopher Steele went out there and he got 80% of this dossier from Igor Deshenko. Another 10% came from Dolan. Dolan came out and said, I lied. Deshenko can't provide his sources. Can't corroborate his sources. He was offered a million dollars corroborated sources. He can't do that. So it was all bullshit, 100% bullshit. And this is what Donald Trump wants to show the world. And they're trying to hide that. Um, Democrat, uh, Dem Minnesota Democrat Representative Angie Craig. I'm in Minnesota right now. So uh, she's not definitely not getting my vote. She says, I will never stop standing up for big pharma, pharma and standing against my constituents. Uh, I wish I could play this for you. Maybe Vince can go ahead and get these links published so you guys can see all this. But that's just atrocious. This lady, oh my God, how is this person even a representative for anybody? When she's talking about, I'm going to stand up for Big Pharma and I'm going to stand against my constituents. And she and she will probably win a re-election in a Democrat county. Um, AOC today got wrecked by her own constituents over funding the war. If you guys didn't see this video, it was pretty interesting. Um her constituents, these are people that voted for her, got up and started calling her a war hawk and supporting the establishment, supporting Ukraine, everything that's happening. What this is showing you is exactly what we started talking about in the sense that the Great Awakening in the beginning is that this is where we're at. We're at this point where people are waking up to what's happening, that Donald Trump, that that. that the Patriots, the White Hats, whatever you want to call all of us, the digital soldiers, our job has been systematically to put out the information and get around all their safeguards and all their filters. To go out there and show the people the truth and just keep on putting the truth out there because eventually people, you know, people will see it. And that's what's happening. You can't tell the people. You have to show them. And that fact that the world right now is unraveling into exactly that, into this dark delight scenario where all the evil, all the corruption, all the, the menacing of society is rising up out of the darkness into the light and people are being shown the truth once and for all. And so we're seeing people on the left wake up. We just had that doctor from Columbia University, uh, Sachs, or not doctor, he's an economist from 
Columbia University calling out the United States of America for sabotaging the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipeline. We are having uh, that one doctor that we talked about the other day come out and call out the vaccine. These are people on the left that are waking up and realizing the freaking truth. And guess what, guys? Good job. You can give yourself a pat on the back because we did that. We all did that here. We did that through fence line conversations, through barbecue conversations, for through talking to people, through bumper stickers, through going out there and, and just speaking the truth. You're going to the 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 you know city council meetings, so going to school board meetings. That's how this happened. And then going out there and being digital warriors and taking that information to the internet and making it sure that it got through the safeguards, making it sure that people saw it. Because you know what? There's only so many times that you can see the truth and reject it before your mind just says, man, maybe I'm wrong. And it's happened to me. And I know it's happened to all of you guys before as well. Um, Saudi Arabian government confirms Biden tried pressuring them in the postponing oil cuts until after the midterms. This is where this gets real interesting. Journalist Jack Posobiec, one of my good friends, <laughs> said that Biden tried to engage in a quid pro quo with Saudi Arabia as he was asking for a political favor for Saudi Arabia in exchange for not suspending military aid. Uh, this isn't the first quid pro quo that we've seen from Joe Biden, but this is interesting because guess what this is? This is election interference by Joe Biden directly right now in front of the whole world. It just happened. We all knew about it. The Biden administration came out right after Saudi Arabia OPEC plus came out and said, um, no, we're going to do what's best economically for OPEC. And Joe Biden came out and said, oh, maybe we will just remove our military protections from you and let Iran have you. That's called quid pro quo. Basically, lower it till after the elections or we're going to let you get bombed. That's fucked up. And that's what Joe Biden just did. And so that's election interference because he was trying to negotiate um, low energy costs for the election. Biden accused of election interference after bombshell revelation by Saudi Arabia. Um, and so this is from the westernjournal.com. Did President Joe Biden just try to influence next month's midterm elections by making a deal with a foreign power? Even the Associated Press, which has never exactly been known for Biden bashing, seems to smell a rat in the rare lengthy statement issued by Saudi Arabian foreign ministry early today. Saudi Arabia said Thursday that the U.S. had urged it to postpone the decision by OPEC and its allies, including Russia, to cut oil production by a month. The AP reported such a delay could have helped reduce the risk of spiking gas prices ahead of the U.S. midterm elections next month. You don't say. What a coincidence. And that came directly from Saudi's foreign minister. <laughs> oh, God. And guess what? That's an impeachable offense. Yes, it is. And guess who's going to be coming into the House and the Senate? See, I think one of the theories of of the Patriots plan, right? We, we, we're, we're still in the global firestorm event. This is kind of what we're going through in the narrative. We're going to get the World War III in here in a second. But with the Patriots narrative, it's that they knew that the left would drive this country into the ground because that's part of the Great Reset. That was the purpose. And that people would wake up during this time. So it was imperative to have a group of digital soldiers already to start showing the narrative, showing what was happening, make predictions about what was happening, have those predictions start coming true where people on the left go, whoa, 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 hold on a second. These guys were right and our world's falling apart. What the hell? 
And they start to wake up as well, because when you have enough people wake up, it's the people who really control the world. It's the people who hold all the power. And this is exactly what's happening. And this is why countries like in the BRICS nation, Saudi Arabia, um, are coming out and doing this. This is just another country that Donald Trump went to and most likely negotiated with them and then said, hey, when Joe quid pro quos, you know what to do. And I think what it was meant to do here in the United States of America is produce such an overwhelming abundance of voters at the polls for the midterms that there's no statistical way they can actually cheat. I'm telling you that that's that's this plan. And we just got to hope that they don't try to go at it again, that they don't try to do another coup all over again. I do believe they are going to. Um, if you did not know, uh, uh, Alex Jones uh, has been hit with a $1 billion verdict for the uh, for the, uh, <laughs> the Sandy Hook victims. This is just absolutely um, ridiculous. Uh, you know, whether you like Alex Jones or not, this is cruel and unusual punishment. I, I, I do believe it. I think it's the, the the liberal Department of Justice system, the liberal criminal justice system. I think that he had a biased jury. I think that he had a biased judge. And I think that everything that's coming down on Alex Jones right now is not because of what he said about uh, the Sandy Hook victims or anything like that, uh, but instead what has come down from um, what he's been right about. And this is more of a government attack. That There's something orchestrating this and they're trying to put Alex Jones out of business because I'm not going to lie, whether you like him or hate him, Alex Jones has been right for a very, very long time. And we all know this. He's been spot on with a lot of stuff that has happened. All right. Next on the list, California makes it illegal for doctors to disagree with politicians. Conformity of thought is now required, whether it is online, on college, co college campuses, or if you are in California as a physician-patient relationship. Um, this is bad. Governor Newsom recently signed California Assembly Bill 2098, making it the first state to attempt to censor what physicians can say about COVID-19 to their patients. This is dangerous and most likely unconstitutional. Um, this comes about in the sense that, uh, you know, Fauci says we are science. This comes about in the sense that the Ministry of Truth wants to control what you think and what you say. And, and they, there is no other authority on truth other than the authority that tells you that they're authority. And this is the biggest red flag in the world. And if you're in California, you're still living there and you're conservative, I would join that movement to secede your county from that state immediately. Because th these types of draconian laws are the problem with this world right now. Um, within mere months, Moderna's COVID vaccine efficacy turns into an autoimmune disease, VADES. New research conducted by Moderna in partnership with the Kaiser Permanente Health Care Group reveals that the company's messenger RNA, mRNA, Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 vaccines caused the immune system to turn against itself in just a few months. Also known as negative efficacy, the phenomena involves progressive immune degradation in a manner similar to AIDS and other autoimmune diseases. In essence, the fully vaccinated become walking immune time bombs that Moderna claims require additional injection intervention. It appears that the only reason Moderna ever piloted this new damning study is to market new and additional shots to fix the problem created by the first round of shots. Um, after 150 days, the company says its first mRNA 
injections remains above 50% effective against BA1, the so-called subvariant of Omicron, um, or moronic in an anagram variant. The first two shots and in initial boosters are not, however, effective against any other the variants or subvariants the company claims. Negative effectiveness means that the vaccinated person is more likely to contract COVID-19, the disease caused by the virus, than the unvaccinated person, the report claims. And, and and here's another part where conspiracy theorists have been right for years, that we've been saying this. We've been saying that this produces VADs, that this creates uh, a massive autoimmune diseases, and nobody wanted to listen to us. Now people are listening to us. Now people are waking up. Now people on the left and the right, it doesn't matter their political affiliation anymore. They're waking up. Dr. Drew is had an adverse reaction. And what did I tell you? What's going to happen when one of these people that have nothing to lose anymore, has an adverse reaction, or one of their family members, someone they love, has one of these reactions or dies. That's when this shit gets real. Moderna releases new RNA, RNA injection to repair heart muscle while people's hearts are being damaged by the RM, uh, mRNA COVID jabs. So in order to fix all the heart damage caused by the messenger RNA vaccine, um, Moderna has announced another injection that the company claims has the ability to repair heart muscle. muscle. Um, CEO Stefan Bassel uh, told Sky News Business Australia that the new shot would also contain mRNA technology, will grow back new blood vessels, and revascularize the heart of folks who took the Fauci flu shot and now suffer from spike protein damage throughout the cardiovascular system. Described the new injections as therapy and even science fiction medicine, the gleeful Bansel canceled this latest development. Super exciting, though he did also get a uh, slip out there except that the new jab will inject mRNA into people's hearts. You remember when we said that these people are sick? They create a jab which demolishes your whole body by filling it up with spike proteins created by your own system by utilizing CRISPR technology to change your DNA. And then they develop a therapy of which repairs some of that tissue damage. These people are absolutely sick and disgusting, man. Unbelievable. Um, how about this one? Kids are having fatal heart attacks while playing video games. An article was recently published by uh, B.N. Frank, an activist post, where the title, Kids are having fatal heart attacks while playing video games. Families and healthcare teams should think about safety precautions. And they're blaming this on the video games. Research has already determined that exposure to electromagnetic views includes uh, including the cell phones, smartwatches, and other wearables, virtual reality headsets, and other types of wireless Wi-Fi radiation, including 5G, is biologically harmful. In fact, manufacturers are required to provide warning about the exposure risk to all wireless radiation admitting devices. Health experts have also warned for years that children are more vulnerable to exposure. Of course, research has also been determined that exposure to blue light and screens and other sources is biologically harmful as well. Um, now we're seeing the study that finds that video games can trigger deadly irregular heart rhythms in kids. Video games can trigger dead, deadly heart rhythms in kids, according to new research. A team in Australia says gaming can be dangerous as competitive sports such as football and rugby. Uh, the contests are so emotionally charged that they've even been uh, behind fatal heart attacks in children with undiagnosed irregular heartbeats called cardiac arrhythmias. Um, now, the study doesn't go back too far, and I'm betting you that most of these kids are probably Fauci, ouchy, double jab, jabbed. Just saying, but still, um, you know, I, I'm uh, I'm not a subject matter expert anymore in um, 
radiation and, and uh, radar systems and electromagnetic fields and, and all those types of stuff. Um, but I once was. And I will tell you that Wi-Fi, there's nothing really to worry too much about about Wi-Fi. I'm not going to lie. It's it's that such a low um, distribution in the sense of the power outage that it's negligible, that you're getting the same amount of radiation from your environment just walking around normally um, in nature. It's really almost, it's close, okay? Um, But when you're starting to talk about 5G and stuff like that, 6G, this is where it starts to get really interesting, at least in my opinion. And I've looked at a lot of the research studies over the years on Wi-Fi. So let's keep on moving on. Uh, Man-made pandemics are coming, and here's why. President Biden recently signed an executive order on advancing biotechnology and biomanufacturing innovation for a sustainable, safe, and secure American bioeconomy. The order promises we'll see additional man-made pandemics. Early in the COVID-19 pandemic, Francis Boyle, PhD, was sure it was the result of a lab leak. He believes monkeypox is another lab creation and is now suddenly has 30 mutations from the wild monkeypox found in Africa. Um, What's interesting about this, where's that other article? Hold on. I had another article that went right along with this. Hold on. Oh, come on, man. We did another article. Well, oh, there it is. Fauci has warmed of a possible twindemic. This is not time to let your guard down. There it is right there. Um, Biden's chief medical advisor told CNN host Pamela Brown, we have ways to go, particularly as we enter the winter, which will become complicated by the influenza season. So there's no time, man, to turn your guard and uh, put your guard down and face the facts. So this is what I want to tell you. November of 2020, when everybody was talking about the vaccine, Trump was even promoting the vaccine. um, We were saying, don't get it. And I said that this is going to basically suppress the immune system to the point where people become immunodepressant. And then in the midterm election, when fall comes, people will start falling sick and dying and they'll blame it on a new pandemic. But what it really is, is the cold and the flu and just suppressed immune systems. And they'll call it the unknown killer. It's coming, people. They're warning us. They're, They're giving us all the signs. They're setting the narrative. They're telling us exactly what's going to happen. Okay. Now, Russia official warns of World War III if Ukraine joins NATO. So we were talking about the global firestorm event. The last part of global firestorm event comes about through World War III. And this is what basically makes the full turn within the global reset. Um, There's a book out there called The Fourth Turning. There's a book out there called Generations by the same two authors that talk about the 90-year cycle of – of growth, recession, debt, death, and rebirth. And it always ends with a world war. And we're in this cycle right now. And they predicted war, I think, between 2023 and 2025. Um, So we're moving into this point, potentially, of global war. We have North Korea flying or dropping bombs right on the DZ zones, right between South South Korea. Potential war outbreak in there. We have China and Taiwan. We have Iran and Israel. Um, We have... Russia and Ukraine, the whole world is being thrown in the turmoil and war. It's inbound. It's coming. But this is the final stage that makes everything else complete. And most likely what's going to happen 
in my opinion, is that everything is at this point of chaos, chaotic vulnerability, right? Destabilization, chaotic vulnerability. All it's waiting for somebody to just come in and tap it and make it all drop and fall all down. Okay, with that being said, it could be any type of event. I believe that it's most likely going to be the outbreak of global conflict that is going to cause a global financial meltdown, which will take down the supply chain, which will end infrastructure, which will lead to more social and cultural destabilization, which will overthrow governments. That's the global firestorm event. And that's where we're headed right now is World War III was the last point of that. And you can ask any, if you're new here, ask anybody in the chat how long Josh has been talking about this, how all these things would all happen at the same time. And here it is right now. Fucking unbelievable. I know. I can't believe it either. Uh, we reported that Russia blew up about a third of Ukraine's energy infrastructure in two days. No more electricity exports for Europe. The winter of depression is looming more than ever on Europe, which was hoping for on cheap electricity from Ukraine to come through the freezing season. Now Ukraine is announcing it is stopping exports of electricity to the European Union as of October 11th. Bad is not the word. The decision is like a nuclear bomb for the European countries. Around 30% of the energy infrastructure in Ukraine has been hit by Russian, Russian missiles uh, since Monday, the 10th of October. Ukraine's energy minister, Herman Halashenko, said Tuesday. According to the minister, for the first time since the beginning of the war, Russia has dramatically targeted the energy infrastructure. Okay. Who here remembers when I said... Russia is playing the art of war. Appear weak when really strong. There you go. Within two days, Russia decimated Ukraine. Threw them back to the fucking Ice Age. They could have done this at any time, at any point in time. But they were going through this whole process. Why? You can't tell the people. You have to show them. How much information has came out since February of what was going on in Ukraine? Biolabs, um, nuclear weapon development, um, Nazi infiltration, genocide, money laundering, corruption within the political system, Nazism within the political system. Thanks, Russia. They showed us all this. And then when Ukraine decides to fight back, to take back something, there's a referendum vote in these various regions, these states in Ukraine that said, we don't want to be a part of Ukraine anymore. They joined Russia. Russia constitutionalized it, brought them in and said, okay, you're with us. And they told Ukraine to step back and Ukraine started bombing Russian targets. So Russia said, done. Boom, boom, boom. And NATO is going to get involved. NATO is definitely going to get involved. I'm telling you, they have to, they want to. Um, United Kingdom hits record 7 million citizens waitlisted for routine health care uh, under state-run systems. So everybody's calling for state-run health care for socialist, uh, socialist medicine, right? United Kingdom has 7 million citizens on their waitlist. Can't even get them through. Yeah, don't want that shit. Europeans panic buying firewood and stoves in desperate preparation for dark winter without electricity and gas. Um, wait a minute. We just say dark winter where we heard that before. So in summary here, guys, and I know we're only doing an hour tonight. Sorry. It's, uh, I'm having fun though. I always have fun with you guys. 
Um, in a few announcements, so we can get into that. Firstly, thank you for all the donations from the Pill to Rumble, the D Live, and your guys' contributions. Thank you to everybody on Rumble who has joined our locals community. Um, I'm I'm getting it all filled out and all set up the, this weekend. And next weekend, we're going to start streaming the Dark Delight show um, during our morning broadcast. To that, the the uh, the recordings will be there as well for the video version. That's the only place that you can get live streaming or the replay of the video version of the dark delight show, which is my radio show that I do. Um, and that is subscription on the locals community. So um, if you don't want that, if you just want it on the pod beam or you just want to listen live on the radio, that's fine. You, you can get it there. Um, but radio is expensive. <laughs> um, and so thank you guys for all that. Um, in summary is that we're coming up to this point, this critical point. We're less than what? 20 days away to the midterm elections. We need an overwhelming majority to show up so that they have no statistical chances of cheating, of which they do cheat. It is so well known that basically it brings down the house and, and stops them from any further progression. And I think that this is the play that the Patriots are doing. You have to wait and see how this plays out. Too many people are awakened. Too many people are know what's going on and see the corruption the, 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 the treason, the sedition, they, they see it all. They understand what's happening. And I think that we're about to move into this midterm election. And I think that they're going to try to steal it. And they're going to get caught with their hand in the candy jar. And uh, it is going to be a massive, massive reaction from the public. Um, or the conservatives win. We take back the House and the Senate. And we begin the impeachment process. We begin the investigation to the Hunter Biden, Hillary Clinton into the 2020 election, and we get Donald Trump back. There's a lot of scenarios that can play out here. Um, a lot of us believe that the election is not going to happen, that World War III is going to break out within the next 15 to 20 days. And guess what? That's a very good possibility. That global financial economic collapse will happen in the next 20 days. That's a very good possibility. So keep that in mind out there. Be vigilant. Stay safe. Um, there is always a live Zoom on uh, socialredpill.com. Usually after these shows, I will not be jumping on tonight, but I'm pretty sure there'll be quite a few people in there. You guys are free to join that. Tomorrow, Jim Bob, Oval Pants, and Vince Taglavia will be uh, on the Conversations on the Fringe and hope hosting the after chat after that. So you guys can join them. I will be back next week. I'll be on the dark delight show tomorrow morning though. So tomorrow morning, the dark delight show, I'll definitely be on that. And then I'll be on American media periscopes, Defcon five. And then next week I'm hosting uh, making sense of the madness for two nights uh, for Sean Morgan on uh, American media periscopes uh, shows there as well as Defcon five on Thursdays and Fridays. So much love, respect, God bless you guys. I hope you guys all have a great night, great evening. Take care out there. Be safe. It's freezing cold here in Minnesota. Uh, but I, I just hope that you guys all stay safe, stay vigilant, and just get your guys, get yourselves prepared for the dark winter. Get yourselves prepared for what's coming. Because you know what? Whether it's freedom or whether it's the fear of tyranny, it's always knocking on our door. So have a good night, guys. Take care. We'll see you guys soon.